1: One more item. Here's something a lot of us have in common broken appliances, broken air conditioner, broken down heating system, broken down washer dryer, broken down refrigerator. And if you're a homeowner, you know just how expensive it is to get one of those things fixed, let alone what happens if more than one appliance breaks down at the same time. Well, if you're a homeowner, you can get Guarantees protection for all of your appliances for less than a dollar a day. 800-264-3168. 800-264-3168.
0: BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022 by making investments from coast to coast. Investments like building charging hubs for fleets of electric buses in California and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Hi
2: there, this is Joan Van Ark, and you're listening to TV Confidential. with
1: Robertson Law our guest Susie Friendly. Susie worked in television production for more than three decades in a variety of capacities and for a variety of of genres, including variety shows, scripted comedies, made-for-TV movies, network TV specials, and network sports competitions, such as The Superstars and Almost Anything Goes. Susie also spent many years working alongside Emmy Award-winning producer Bob Banner, and she's with us in the studios to share a few memories of her career in TV production. We're going to jump around. Okay. Because... You've covered a lot. You, you're no just just getting to know you a little bit. You just you've your background. You cover all aspects of television. But earlier in our conversation, you mentioned Monique James. Now I know a little bit about her from talking to some of the actresses that she worked mm-hmm. with. Now, um, Monique James was one of the great casting agents, yes. casting directors at Universal Television yes. throughout the seventies and right. into the eighties, and. She came along around the time when uh, casting directors were beginning to have more influence in film and TV production. Uh, I had a chance to talk to Gretchen Corbett many years ago. She spoke very highly of Monique, and I know that uh, Sharon Gless spoke highly of Monique. So she may have been... I mean, she, she may have been brassy to deal with, but that's... She was,
3: at that time, she was an agent. And yeah. then,
1: you remember, MCA
3: had to be closed down. Mm-hmm. Bobby Kennedy came in because mm-hmm. it was a monopoly. Mm-hmm. So then she went to review, which then became Universal, mm-hmm. and she was there. But she was she was a very talented woman, mm-hmm. very talented. And I learned a lot from her.
1: Yeah. Yeah, yeah I mean, and... This is a time when the landscape is mostly male driven so you have yeah. to really hold i mean it shouldn't be that way, but it was that way yeah. you had you you had to like prove yourself doubly
3: but i mean we didn't feel i didn't feel this whole thing now the me movement or whatever it is i mean we didn't i don't i don't ever remember uh I guess I was, you know, born when I was born. I didn't feel that, and mm-hmm. now they all do. I mean, we laughed, and and we worked hard, and, you know, they'd pat you. If someone patted you on the back or all, oh, you didn't go to human resources. I have a friend now who's producing a show at NBC, and he spends more time in HR than he does on the set. Yeah, yeah, because everyone has to be so careful now.
1: It. it Yes, everyone has to be very careful now. The culture was a lot different back then. All right, um, but you know, e- even even now, I've heard stories that okay, yes, yes, um, it was not unusual for you know uh, a male executive to pat you on the shoulder or something yeah. like that. But at the, at the same time, I mean, the at least some at least the female executives are. Uh, writers, uh, producers who were coming into their own at their time. At at the same time, they would, if someone got out of hand, um, they would say no, and it was no, and and it usually but there meant was.
3: No. I mean, there was a casting couch, you know, which yeah. I really didn't know about. I yeah. might say they were on the casting couch, but uh, just just recently, I mean. Uh, I worked for Les Mundez, and he was always a gentleman. Of course, I wouldn't be the type he'd go after. I wasn't tall and lanky. But, <laughs> you know, he was very particular about his green rooms, yeah. which I handled. And he'd come up and, you know, put his arm around me and say, yeah. you did a good job, Susie. But, I mean, he was – but I did hear. Yeah. I did hear. Yeah.
1: yeah. Well, well, let me let me ask you this. Now – Friend of mine, she's been on our program several times. Is a woman named Rita Lakin. Now, Rita started. Do uh, you know? You yeah, I,
3: I, I remember. I think uh, Rita was a script supervisor, if I'm not mistaken. Art Lakin. I do know that
1: name. But yeah, well, she she's she started off. She. I don't remember whether she was a floating secretary, but she started off in the secretarial pool and and she, now she had aspirations to write and and she. She said uh, both here and in her book that the great thing about working at a place like Universal at the time is if you wanted – regardless of what your position was at the time, if you wanted to – become a writer you had access to all these scripts mm-hmm. and so you can learn through the process that that doesn't mean you're going to become a writer but you have access to scripts and mm-hmm. so you can learn how to do that and then you you take whatever steps you take to, in order to pursue that so did you at the time you were working as a secretary did you have ideas or aspirations to go into production at some point how did that come about
3: I just kept moving up the, the ladder. Okay. I went from, I as I say, I went from being a floating secretary to a regular secretary. To um, go, I went to Wally Hiller and mm-hmm. was his personal secretary, and then I was um, Bill Robinson's. And then uh, I decided to move east. My I had family in the East Coast, so I ended up working at NBC for a while, and then I was called over to work for GAC, which was... a uh, General uh, Arts, which, General yeah, artist, which became CAA. Yeah. And then I started to work for Bob Banner mm-hmm. in, in the East Coast, and then we were doing more live TV, and we did the, um, as I say, the 1965 Emmy Awards, and uh, we came out to do those, and then we started doing Ice Folly shows, which I got very involved in. And then Bob found Peggy Fleming in 1968 when she won the ice skating in Grenoble. So we did several specials with Peggy, and I just kept moving up the ladder from production assistant to associate to producer.
1: So in, in the case of Bob Banner, he recognized, you know, as, as he brought you along, he recognized your abilities and your skills, and so he right. would... Um, he he, he would... was
3: very good about promoting within, He really was. He was terrific that
1: way. Susie Friendly is in the studio with us. Susie spent uh, more than three decades in television production in a variety of capacities behind the scenes. You mentioned the Ice Follies. I remember seeing those that was a traveling road thing mm-hmm. uh mm-hmm. they would go to many series right. i mean in, in in my case they would come to the cow palace once a year in san That's francisco right. so or were, were you part of the live uh yeah was a,
3: we went up to san francisco and did the show mm-hmm. uh, i can't remember what year it was 1966 67 um richard dwyer who's still skating ice volleys uh not anymore but he was great and i I've become very good friends with one of the girls, uh, Dorothy Ann Nelson, who was one of the lead skaters. So, but we were, we were in San Francisco and we shot the show there. Okay. And we did it two years. We did it one year, maybe 66 and maybe 67. So, and then, you know, we made it a special. But it was, we shot it live and did different sections of it. But Bob always was good at that because he was creative with. All of the musicals and the the other television he had done.
1: We've had a few segments where, where we're talking about some of the behind the scenes uh, mm-hmm. production of the TV broadcast of the Ice Follies. That would be a variety television right. type of program, and there are a lot of plates. There, there are a lot more plates spinning behind the scenes in terms of production that people realize when they're watching that show, aren't there?
3: Oh well, yeah. I mean, <laughs> wait, it's maybe not as much with. Um, you know everything that could go wrong usually goes wrong mm-hmm. in a live show. You know you you have that, and then you have to figure out how to how to make it better. I remember we did uh, John Davidson at Not- Notre Dame. John had a show after that at Craft. It was a craft show, mm-hmm. and he had mm-hmm. Flip Wilson and Richard Pryor. Bob found those guys, and that was way before they became what they were. Mm-hmm. But we were in Notre Dame in the middle of the night, 3 o'clock in the morning, and Bob wasn't going to let anyone go Mm -hmm. until we had an ending to the show. And we're lying on the floor in the middle of this thing trying to come up with an ending to the show. The writers were there. I mean, it was 3 o'clock in the morning, and we, we did it. But, you know, there are things that do go wrong all the time.
1: That's what makes it exciting and yeah. scary at the yeah. same time when yeah. you're able to pull that stuff off. This is like prior, early in his career, before the albums, right?
3: Right. Yeah, he went, but Richard was his own person. Yes, you never knew if he was going to show up or not. Yeah, but and and Bob was not that way. You know, it's be here so that was kind of a clash yeah and but flip was great and uh, i wasn't really i wasn't really on those shows but i you know helped organize and stuff so john went on with his career and then we went on and did other shows
1: one of the shows you did and this is um uh, i forget which network this was for but uh you you did the newport jazz festival right uh show for couple of years um do you remember that oh yeah okay too. <laughs> all right
3: norman <laughs> abbott was the
1: producer yeah. that was a little bit crazy yeah, okay it was. I, well i can imagine it, it's a live it, event you got musicians you know?
3: yeah yeah it now, was...
1: m- musicians i understand walk to the beat of their own drum.
3: yeah no but that it was really pretty organized it yeah. was it was pretty good i'm not sure that the show was the
1: best but it was wonderful doing it i think you're the stage manager yeah uh, for one of those now right. that's that's a theater term but right. uh well, why don't you tell our listeners what you did?
3: Well, you're you're what you try and do is get the the talent. You know, you have to line up the talent mm-hmm. and get the talent out. You know, to do their set or their number or whatever, and you have to be sure that they're ready to go. Mm-hmm. And this, and you know, there was a lot of a lot of um, setbacks because it started to rain or whatever, and and. Uh, it was just wasn't one of the finest shows I've ever been involved in, um, but it was a good show. I mean, you know, it was prestigious, but
1: well, you, you can't control weather and you can't control things that are beyond right. your control. All you can do is do your job as best you can and make sure they're right. there they're right. when they're supposed to be. Right. And they either deliver or they don't.
3: Right. Exactly.
1: Susie Friendly is in the studio with us. Susie spent uh, more than three decades in television production in a variety of capacities behind the scenes for a variety of genres of television including many years working directly with emmy award-winning producer bob banner of bob banner associates Just looking at uh, some of your credits, I know that uh, for both of the Newport Jazz Festival productions that you worked on, uh, Mel Torme was one of the performers, I think.
3: Yes. Uh-huh.
1: The yeah. Velvet Fog.
3: Oh, he was wonderful. Yeah, yeah absolutely.
1: Yeah. Uh, and Mel Mel Torme was there one year, I think. George Benson mm-hmm. was there. Yeah. On Broadway. Well, that was his song. Oh yeah, yeah. right. Uh uh-huh. This is this is probably a few years after that. Right. You've worked on live shows. You've worked on unscripted, you know, what we would call unscripted shows, shows like the superstars and almost anything goes where once the participants are there, it, you know, the outcome is depends on how the competitions go. And then you've done scripted. You've, you've worked on some scripted projects such as movies of the week or your know, sitcoms, depending on what you Responsibility is it would be different, you know, or, or or is it different working on a working behind the scenes on a scripted show versus a non a live or non-scripted. Oh,
3: show? Oh well, it's completely different. As you know, you're uh, in a scripted show. You're uh, as the the producer. You're much more responsible for the budget and for what goes on. and You handle the the below the line crew, mm-hmm. and um, so that was that's and especially when you're working as as a, as a producer you ride the line you're with below the line and and you have to answer to the to the studio mm-hmm. and to the executive producers so it's a lot more formatted live shows are not in a live show usually it's the director who leads the band at least that was my the producer and director but um when i was doing uh, automobile shows the uh, Indie type shows, there you got to be up and close and do personal, you know, uh, talking heads and all. That was great. But uh, I also wanted to mention that when I was at Paramount, we did a show for Showtime. Gary Nardino was the head of the studio at that time. And we did the first gay show. Uh, uh, Brothers. Brothers. With with Robert Walden. Robert Walden and uh, Philip Charles McKenzie Mm -hmm. and... uh, Paul Regina but that was my first uh that, that was really we had some tough moments there and Gary Nardino was he's not with us anymore was very very tough it was a it was a difficult show mm-hmm. but we got through it and it, it turned out very well and it was probably i mean it was the beginning of you know uh any of uh, the shows that have gay actors on it now
1: yeah it was groundbreaking in terms of material if if I remember correctly I think it was one of the first uh regular series that HBO did right period and right. it made possible I mean this was this was the mid 80s right. when brothers aired if I remember correctly but, this yeah, 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 but this yeah but this but it made possible it made possible a lot of the things they that you know, like the like the Larry Sanders the show, show, and right. then, you know, so so the success of the brothers paved the way for a lot of other right. HBO exactly. type of shows. Exactly. But the behind the scenes stuff, okay, the, the, it may have been difficult getting it on in the beginning, but once you know the show took off and it found mm-hmm. its audience and it accepted its audience, I mean that was. But it sounds like that was a good project uh, for you to be on.
3: Well, yeah, it was. I mean, but again, the writers used to work incredible hours incredible hours Mm -hmm. even when i did hanging with mr cooper they were working incredible hours and then all of a sudden i worked with a a producer carrie leiser who she was a producer on will and grace and she got her own show and she had just had a baby and that she had a philosophy of you come to work at nine o'clock and you go home at six Mm o'clock And that's kind of the way shows have evolved now. People have other lives other than, you know, times when we were doing Hanging with Mr. Cooper and other. They'd be there all night long Mm -hmm. and then have to be back in. You know, the writer's assistants were dog meat. Because they'd have to stay and get it all done, and then so that was hard. That was, but that was like Carrie was so organized in her thoughts and stuff. And then she went on to do the show with uh, Julie, 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 Julie and yeah, yeah, which was very good. Mm-hmm. The
1: New Adventures of Old Christine.
3: And um, so, yeah, I'm. It's good the way it's come down and has been more not so brutal. There were brutal times, really, really brutal times when when I would be ending a show or ending shooting a show and would have to be overdoing sound editing Mm -hmm. and and stuff the next morning at five o'clock in the morning. It was brutal but it seems to be now it seems to be not so so bad.
1: I understand that with the sitcom format in particular today one of the reasons why A-listers are attracted to a sitcom is because it's more or less an 8 to 5 or right, 9 to 6 right. shooting schedule. And so they can go home and spend quality time with their family. Right. But uh, at the same time, yeah, I understand from the other side of point of view, it's, it's difficult to balance your family right. your family life if you're if you're doing 17-hour days. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Susie Friendly is with us in the studio. Susie worked in television production in a variety of capacities and for a variety of formats uh, for more than... 30 years. We'll continue our conversation with Susie in a couple of weeks on TV Confidential. She'll talk some more about her experience working with Bob Banner. We'll also talk about her experience working with the likes of George Schlatter, Matt Freer, and Tom Bosley. We'll play part two of our conversation with Susie Friendly in a few weeks on TV Confidential. We'll take a quick time out, then we'll take a look at this week in TV history right after this.
2: An adult elephant can weigh up to six tons. The average person, 150 pounds. Ever heard of carfentanil? It's a large wild animal tranquilizer. Illegal drug dealers lace heroin with it. It can kill the average human. If you or a loved one is addicted to opiates, even pain pills, don't wait until it's too late. Call the Detox and Treatment Helpline now. We care. Many of us have been where you are. We'll take you or a loved one away from the drug environment to a place you can clean out safely. Plus, we'll work with your insurance company to make sure you get the treatment you need. And with a Family Medical Leave Act, you're allowed by law to get away for help without telling your employer why. Call now to save a life. 866-490-3991. 866-490-3991. 490
0: Alexa users, you can now listen to TV Confidential on your smart speaker by just saying... Alexa, play TV Confidential. Enabling our Alexa skill is easy. To find out how, go to televisionconfidential.com slash Alexa.
2: Hello, this is Robert Wagner, and you are listening to TV Confidential.
1: 45 years of the Rockford Files, revised 3rd edition, the complete history of the Rockford Files on television, now completely updated with more than 20 new interviews, additional photographs, and a whole lot more. 45 years of the Rockford Files, available now at rockford45.com, rockford45.com. Be part of our conversation. If you like what you hear, have thoughts on this week's program, or have an idea for a future edition of TV Confidential, we'd love to hear from you. You can email us at talk